Hello there and welcome to episode 28 of Kuzawap. I'm your host for this episode, Willie, and as usual, we've got Ivy, Isaiah, what's good, guys? So, welcome to the Barbie episode. Now, some of you guys may have noticed that there's an Oppenheimer episode that released today. Also, if you're if you're listening in on the day we drop or the, the days following, and that's because how could we not drop the Barbie and Oppenheimer episodes at the same time. You know, it's been Barbieheimer and it will continue to be Barbieheimer. So if you haven't seen Barbie, but you've seen Oppenheimer, there's an episode out right now for it also. For Barbie though, we've got a special guest. And if you didn't listen to our shorts three that we released earlier this week, I'm gonna let Ivy introduce our special guest to you now so you can get to know her a little bit. Well, it's been awesome having guests in general here at Kuzzlewop. We always love having people join because they come with their own perspectives, their own views on what's out there in entertainment. Um, I had the honor of my sister joining us for as our last guest. And uh, I have another sister that is joining us this evening by the name of Jada Velez. Whole gov out there. What's good, sis? We're so glad you're here, girl. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm so glad to be here. We're excited to jump into Barbie with you in particular, especially because we know that you very much enjoy the movie. Um, you, you, I kind of want to jump right in, Willie. I don't even want to dilly-dally, even though it is worth mentioning that this is number two of Cuzzle Wop truly being put into motion, right? Oh, absolutely. Four out of eight cousins, you know, in the first in the first year. That's, that's W, I would say, even though two of them run the podcast, so it's kind of cheating, but whatever. My sister has already pressed me about coming on. She was like, I need to get on there and be controversial. So maybe that'll happen one day, Stella. But, you know, you didn't really seem all too fond of the Barbie movie and Jada loved it. And so we were like, let's get Jada on to to bring that perspective. So don't hate. Don't hate. No hating, Stella. No hating. Stella, Stella, if you want to join, stop hating. Anyways, go ahead, Will. Do your thing. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to start off with our score and sound pillar for this movie. So we're talking soundtrack and everything like that. And I just want to say, a lot of the best moments in this movie were accompanied by a soundtrack that if it weren't there, I don't know if it would be the best parts of the movie. I think the soundtrack did a lot. I really enjoyed it. What do you guys think? I think it was pretty good as well. I think Dua Lipa song, like Dance the Night Away, I loved that one. And I love the scene in the movie from that one. And then... uh I think it's Ice Spice and Nicki Minaj and they did a, that is a collab. If anyone knows how to collab, like when Taylor Swift did a collab with Ice Spice, it was kind of like, everyone was kind of weirded out by that. Like it's kind of mid. It was mid, <laughs> But I think that collab with them was like amazing and incredible. And I love, that was probably my favorite song. That Dua Lipa song was the star. Like that was the song for the movie. No doubt. Am I? Oh, mind? Definitely. I feel like I also got to bring up like the meme song, which in my opinion is the I'm just Ken, you know, like that. That's the song that reminds me of like Jack Black's Peaches song from the Mario movie earlier. Like those two might be going up against each other for an Oscar next year for best original song. Like that. that's that's there's a chance. There's a chance. It's funny because you guys are mentioning songs that they were great. Obviously, like there's a reason why the Nicki Minaj and uh, Ice Spice song is the closing song, the cl- the credit song. It's a banger. But I really loved the opening Lizzo song, and I loved, you know, taking it deeper. I loved how meta the opening song was with the way it plays into her waking up the first time and then her waking up the second time and starting to like become existentially dreadful. Um, I love how the song itself interacts with the the 
the the movie. I thought that was great. And then I love Billie Eilish. I feel like Billie Eilish's song for this project was also really, really good. Um, I mean, Billie is just, my wife and I were talking about her. She's like the last, in my opinion, artist that we've gotten that has like home, like grown in a very organic way. So every time I see her in a movie, whether it's this or it's 007, I'm always like, yeah, she's killing it, you know? And I just felt like it was a great song. I definitely hear you on that Billie Eilish. You know, I, I can tell you five years ago, hearing her on the radio, I would have never imagined her singing something like she does in this movie. And I loved her song in this movie. Like 100%. And then to your opening song, I do like how they kind of used it over and over again to try and like give you this feel that something might be off. It reminded me of like Moon Knight. Yeah. And I feel like it was tone setting, right? I think what we're going to talk about a lot tonight with this movie is a lot of the meta out of the screen popping out of playland popping into reality type of dynamic and the song kind of sets the stage for that very dynamic right from the beginning of the movie. So um, enjoyed that song. So now we're going to move on to cinematography. Now, what I'm going to say about cinematography is I think I liked a lot of the Barbie land stuff more than like the real world things. But that also plays a role in like set design because Barbie land was fire or whenever Barbie and Ken were going out of Barbie land into the real world through whatever that like multiverse travel thing is. And it's really just a set that they're on that's being pulled by wires and the waves are moving, but the bike is moving the other way and it's really just wire work, not CG. I loved it. I loved all of that. Um, but yeah, the real world, there were some great cinematography moments, but it didn't impress me as much as the Barbie land stuff. So what did you think about cinematography? I loved it, man. I, I, I feel like we're going to have to have, I know you're hosting, but we're going to have to have a, um, like a sub point for this pillar of cinematography with marketing because everything consistent in the movie looking like it was a thing to be played with. The playhouse looks like a playhouse. The waves move like the play waves. Everything is like that. They then let that leak out of the movie. We started seeing pink houses. We started seeing pink products. We start, It was just such great. They, they went at it in a very cool way. I appreciated it a lot. There was not a single uh, scene in this movie that feels like the 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 cinematography or even the setting and the and the way that the movie set up was lazy. I think everything was very intentional and I appreciated that. Yeah, I think everything was thought through very very nicely. Because uh, I was watching a behind the scenes and it's kind of going through like the dream house and kind of Barbie's everyday life, and it it kind of highlights the fact that she like floats down into the car because when a kid plays with Barbies, they just take them down and they don't go down the stairs or down the slides. Sometimes they just put them in the car. And I thought that that was like a really cool aspect. So I definitely agree that it definitely was not lazy, very well um, thought through. Greta did an amazing job, like incorporating like the pink and the background and the paintings and the, and the music and the lights and everything. So I think that the attention to detail is definitely noticeable. Yeah. And then on the other side, I also appreciated when it wasn't when it wasn't pink and when it was the dreary um, offices of Mattel and and how black and white and gray and dark and dingy those rooms were. Again, it adds to this contrast, like the place that created this beautiful, colorful world is lifeless and very like, just just not the same vibe. It's, they did a great job. If you, if you had no like idea what you were watching, and all you can go by was what you see, not what you hear, just like looking at the scenes. 
it goes crazy. It goes crazy. You could tell the storyline. You could tell what they're trying to do. I, I really think that's great. Well, I mean, you know, I've already spoken about both of these scenes in a music level, but the the dance the night away dance party scene, as well as the I'm Just Ken dancing scene were both shot very well and choreographed very well. Like there was a lot of intentionality put into making both of those dance pieces, which that's why those pieces have stuck with so many people, me included. Yeah, you know what it actually reminded me of? It reminded me of La La Land, the opening shot. The the La La Land has a scene when she goes to the party and she sings um, someone in the crowd. And there's like a dance number in there where the whole party's just kind of going up. And it was quite ironic that, again, here we go. Ryan Gosling is a part of a big number like this. And uh, it's just good stuff, man. Nobody can tell me that this movie doesn't have some 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 gunners for some awards at the end of the year especially in this area I, I think if you say the opposite you're sipping that haterade there's no way to put it you know i'm talking to you stella i'm talking to you. i know you're listening right now <laughs> i definitely agree that's like the first thing that i said when i finished the movie and I, I texted like the group chat that we have with all the cousins and i was like this deserves an award and it probably will not get one but it definitely should <laughs> it has to and it definitely should yeah i mean i know like I think of Batman from last year. I think Batman brought something so unique in its dark vibe that it should have been nominated for cinematography. I think this is one of those moments where like Barbie has a very unique, bright pink take and it took effort. I think cinematography is something it should definitely be nominated for. Like Jada said, I don't know if it's going to win. It's definitely going to get some nominations. I mean, I think it's been a very good year for movies, so it's going to be a fight, you know, uh, Greta's definitely going to get a nomination for Best Director. And if she doesn't, that's just crazy. I mean, come on now. Uh, best Makeup and Hairstyle. I mean, probably just, just because it's, it's going to go that way. Same with a Costume Design. I might see it winning Costume Design, actually. Um, best Actress with with Robbie. You know, she she's probably going to get nominated. I don't see how she doesn't. I don't know if she'll win that, depending on where. You know, maybe Emily Blunt goes, but we'll see. Uh, supporting actress, you know, America, she's probably going to be in that category. You know, I know I'm jumping around a bit, but I could definitely see it winning costume. And then, you know, best, best supporting actor, come on, give, give it to Ryan Gosling. Give, give give him the nomination. I'll take that. And then, like you said, cinematography, it'll probably get a nomination. And uh, original song, you know, my, my vote is for Ken. The nomination and the credit is due, in my opinion. All right. Well, up next, we're going to dive into the script of the movie. I think uh, you can tell sometimes where it was kind of improved. Like when Ken, when Barbie comes to Ken's house and then Ken goes, uh, give me one second. And then he goes behind like the door, like the the shelf and he starts like saying a random word like that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was improv. And like, I think you could tell that. Uh, But I think uh, America Fiera's monologue when she was like you can't be this and you can't be that and you can't be too tall but you can't be too short and you can't talk loud but you have to be well spoken you can't ask for money but you need to have money like all of that stuff I think that that was kind of the uh highlight of the movie for me definitely because I think that that's something that I haven't really heard in a movie so recently and I think that like especially with her being like a Hispanic woman just talking to dolls that are supposed to be seen as like perfect and like stereotypical like she's talking to stereotypical barbie and i think the way that she portrays like real life and like how women really have to 
be this or be that or not be too much of this or not be too much of that. Like, I just thought that that was incredible. And that's what really brought me to tears. That was a great moment. And I'm definitely going to get into that as we move forward into like topics, like themes or acting. But I love that moment either way. America killed that. And then whoever was writing like the Ken dialogue when he was in Barbie land, where he's like, can I come over to your house? Why? Because we're boyfriend, girlfriend. Like those dialogues, I'm like, yeah, those are kids playing with Barbie dolls. Like it's not, it's not a super deep, we're boyfriend and girlfriend and we need to do this. No, we're boyfriend, girlfriend. And it's just so stupid yet so funny. And it, I'm sure a lot of that goes to Ryan also, but either way, that writing was fun to me. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think that Cooties, that Cooties-esque type approach to so much of this movie, that childish approach to so much of this movie, it's part of what makes it special to me. And I think it's part of what makes it connect with so many people. Because no matter how grown you may be, there are certain notions that Barbie is a representation of when it comes to just being a kid and when it comes to um, using your imagination and it comes to all that. And they play on that so well throughout the movie. Um, but like keeping it in terms of the concept of the script, I'll be honest, before I even went to go see this movie, there was already a narrative that I had learned and I saw the movie today. I saw it today. So uh, the day we are here recording this, I saw it. And um, I honestly was worried because I had seen so much on the internet about the the narrative of oh there's so much feminism and and oh you know the the they make men and Ken look like X and they make women look like Y and 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 all these different things and um I feel like when I got into this movie I saw and experienced something so different than what I feel like I hear on the fringes of the internet um and what I got out of the script and out of the narrative was very much this like idea of we all are great and, and amazing as we are, who we are, where we are in this season of life that we're in. Um, and the world is a pretty jacked up place and no extreme side is going to resolve what's going on inside of us as humans. We are, we as humans land somewhere between Barbie land and kingdom in kingdom at some point when it comes to walking around as people. And I think they got that part across. What they definitely struggled with, though, in my opinion, is there was a little bit too much. There were there were too many threads of the script and of the narratives that I felt like they conflicted with one another. Or maybe it's not that they conflicted. It's just they they, they wrestled with each other for like the ability to land. And I think that's what has led to some of the confusion that I see on the internet outside of people just being assholes. But on top of that, I just think like there's... There was a um, there was a simplifying that this movie could have kind of leaned into um, that I think would have made it a little bit more special to me, but it doesn't mean that what was in the script and the narratives they were introducing weren't meaningful. I think there was a lot of good stuff in here they were trying to do. Um, it's a very satirical, meta, very statement piece movie. It definitely is. There's no other way to look at it, in my opinion. So... With you saying that, I got a question for both of you. Uh, do you think that this movie could have been made without the Mattel plotline with Will Ferrell's character and all that as much as we love him? That's that's a really good question. I was just thinking about that while Isaiah was talking because um, as you've seen in the movie, Barbie kind of runs into the office and she's like, I need help. I need to save Barbie land. And they run after her, but they never actually like catch her until the end. And I think it kind of like changed. It's kind of a different dynamic from like every other movie that you see because... 
like you have to like keep running away from the bad guys, quote unquote. And like, that's not what happened. Like you would have thought that they weren't even like a part of the movie or even a part of the plot or anything. So I honestly think that they could have just not been, (laughs) honestly, because they just kind of, you just kind of see them go through the journey that they all go through when they go to Barbie land. And then I think they show a little bit more importance at the end when the creator of Barbie kind of goes up to Barbie and is like, take my hand and close your eyes and feel. I think that that was definitely good. But other than that, like the scenes with them in them, I don't think it was that important <laughs> or necessary. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel that. And I've seen a lot of people saying that. A lot of people say if any line of the story could go, it would be the Mattel storyline. And I hear that, but I'm also in the camp of, I think this movie was too short. I think it could have had 30 more minutes. I think that we could have got 30 more minutes and I think we could have got a little bit more of a expounding on that point of the Mattel and maybe adding some more scenes. And maybe there was once upon a time and it got cut. I don't know. I just know that I liked that storyline. I liked Will Ferrell as a character. I liked... I mean, like I said, bro, he's Will Ferrell. Bro, he's Will Ferrell. And... And it's like it's like there are little sly lines that he has that speak very much to some of the major themes about the universe that he comes from, the reality he comes from. So I think we would have less of a landing on how different reality is and the real world is in comparison to Barbie land if we don't have the Mattel people. That's just my opinion. Stuff like money motivation, consumerism, having the ghost of of Ruth in the basement of Mattel, the the, the Mattel black and white contrast with the pink, America. Ferreira's character working as an assistant outside the office. There's so many little pieces that are really integral in telling the major story that I I don't want it gone. I just wish we had more time with it. I I agree with that. I think more time with Ruth, definitely. And how they're like in the basement together. I think that definitely could have been a little bit more. And then I don't remember exactly. Did I don't remember. Does Barbie know that the woman that she sat next to was that? Did she know that that was her daughter? That's what I want to know. I don't think so. I think like she didn't put it all together or maybe she did, but I, I, I don't, I think that she thought that who she was there for was the daughter and then made that realization in the car of like, no, like the mom is the one who has the attachment to me as my owner of, of who's made this portal. Um, which was a good twist. I thought that was a great twist. I didn't think it was bad at all. I think the like the the uh, flashbacks were cool because it kind of shows like from the daughter's perspective, but then it shows the mom's perspective as well. And I think that's like cool to think about. Like our moms were little girls too that played with dolls and had imaginations and all that stuff. So it sounds like we're ready to go into our next pillar, which is themes. Right now, I loved that moment where. Barbie realizes who she's actually there for, right? Because it served as a reminder to me, as well as like the audience, hopefully, that our parents, who we see them in the role of parental figures, were once children. They once were at the level that we were at or currently are at, depending on how old you are, right? And so... We get to finally remove this separation that we tend to put between ourselves and our parents and only ever seeing them as like higher than us and say like, well, damn, the same emotions that we have felt, they have felt also. And the connection that this mom has with Barbie, you know, that goes deep inside of her. And we might not ever think that like there are connections that our parents have to their childhood that go with them as they grow into adulthood. So 
that was a moment that I liked. I just loved America's character, honestly. I loved her. I loved her character too. I loved as well as like Barbie thinking about like death and uh, just like normal body functions like cellulite, stretch marks, um, no makeup on, like everything like that. And then she asks uh, America's character like, are you thinking about this? She's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, it's like so normal for like someone who just lives in the real world to think about that type of stuff. And then Barbie's out here not understanding it. And I thought it was cool how Barbie starts like crying in front of a couple of the dolls and America's like, why are you crying? And then she like takes her hands off her face and she has no makeup on. And then the voiceover is like, this is not a good like example because it's Margot Robbie, but like you see what I'm trying to get out right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought that that was really, yeah, really that's cool. that's a great scene. And honestly, man, like, there's a lot of this movie that we'll talk about it, obviously, in terms of acting, I'm sure, at the end here. But Margot really carried a lot of this film um, with grace. I, I think she did a great job. Um, it's actually one of my favorite. And I'm eating my words. I'm eating my words because... I I I am one of those people who have said that I'm I'm tired of Margot Robbie. I think Hollywood acts like there aren't other women out there in to cast than just Margot Robbie. Just my opinion. Nonetheless, she did a great job in this movie in particular. She but it's also it's this is my the theme that I rock with so heavy in this movie is the the meta the meta stuff bro the stuff that pops out of the screen her being casted is as meta as it gets that's why when the narrator says what they say about this is really hard for us to depict because it's margot robbie just note for the producers like i love that because at the end of the day the movie screen the silver screen is the same dynamic that the barbies live out this perfection this 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 level of like glamour that we all aspire to have that we all aspire to walk out i saw it on the movie screen so now i want to be it i saw this guy be a superhero now i want to be this machismo guy out in the streets or i saw this beautiful woman killing this role so now i'm trying to style myself and move around with that level of grace but it's like they poke holes in that continuously every single storyline dares to challenge and contradict itself which i think is hard to write hard to land and uh taking it back to what jada said about america's lines where she's breaking people or breaking the barbies out of their trance that cognitive dissonance concept of like being more than just one thing, being both sides of the spectrum, it is as real as it gets. And it's that realness that wakes the Barbies up. It's realer than patriarchy. That concept, I loved that they killed that because it grounds it in something so, 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 so human that the movie meta reaches out of the screen to grab you as a person, whether that makes you upset or it makes you happy, or if it makes you seen, or it makes you frustrated. I think the movie does a great job with interacting with the audience like that. Since you're talking about the audience, you know, one theme that I really want to talk about is is Ken from the end of the movie, right? Because something that is said to him by Barbie is that he needs to go find himself and find out who Ken is without Barbie. Because he makes up his identity about being Barbie's man, right? Like, being the Ken to Barbie. There is no Ken without Barbie. That's what he kind of says. And a lot of people can relate to that when it comes to relationships, whether it be a romantic relationship or a sibling relationship, right? I am this person's older sibling and I need to protect them. Or I am this person's younger sibling. Like, no, that this is a theme. Find yourself. Find out who you are. Don't let your identity be shaped by somebody else's. 
that was a great theme. So the people that came into this movie saying that this movie was only for women and that they could only find themes from Barbie's side of the movie that Ken was just there to be a side character. Nah, look at that theme right there. Find yourself. That's a W theme, man. I, I just I don't like people's perspective of this is a chick flick and that I'm only here to watch a women empowerment movie. That's just not the case. I think they're they're stupid. And and so it's like, I want to go back to you, Jada, because I know you're like, more Barbie, and yes, women need this, and yes. Like, Jada, I'm not a woman, and yet I very much loved this movie for what it was trying to say and its, its willingness to. So, like, do you think this movie was made for women? Sadly, no. I don't think it was just made for women because it makes me sad because I wish that it was, but I know it wasn't because I think that Ken's character is such... It's so it's he's not necessary for say he's just like he he's he is though which is sad like he's not but he is because at the end when she's saying that like your identity is not in me I feel like that could go to like men and women I know people my age and I know people that are older that have found an identity in a relationship or found an identity in just like their career or their job or their college or anything like that so I think that it's definitely not just for women um I think that like this could be this movie is for everybody and it's kind of just like it's kind of more looking into what women have to go through a little bit more, but it's not just for us. Like we're showing it to so many other different people as well. See, I don't know. I don't know if I like that Jada, right? Because if this movie were made for only women, then there's a lot of meaning in this film that would just be lost because women understand what they go through on a daily basis, right? Like I'm not trying to take away from your experience as a woman, but I think men being able to come and watch this movie and see what women go through and then gain something for themselves is also vital in order to create a better society, right? So if this movie were only geared for women, then men wouldn't be able to take anything away that could help women, right? I think that's what this movie was trying to do. It was trying to say, women, here's something that you can take away for yourself. Men, here's something you could take away for yourself but also to help women advance in our society so that we can leave behind the stereotypical nature that we are portraying here. So was this movie keeping women's feelings, thoughts, and experience in mind and at focus? Absolutely. But was it made for women only? No. And I am grateful that it wasn't. But I mean, I could be wrong. I I may I might be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I agree. I mean, I also think like it's I don't know, man. I mean, Jada, if if you haven't, you should go watch Little Woman. I think that movie's also very much like centered towards something for women to take, but men can also glean some something from it too. But I think it's much more um on the woman's side in my opinion and same with lady bird i just think that there's a lot more for women to grab onto and, and that's her specialty she's great at writing films like that but in this movie i don't know guys i maybe i'm looking into it too deep i don't think so because i think it's confusion means there's complexity but i even love what they've done with the concept of pink right like pink doesn't 
always have to indicate woman. It doesn't have to always be a feminine color. And I remember when I was growing up, if you dare to wear pink, people would rag on you and get crazy on you in the streets and, and school being like, you wearing a pink shirt? Uh, uh, uh. And then there was some point where someone said, oh, it's manly to wear pink confidently or something like that. And I remember being in that age where it was like, is it black or is it white? And this movie comes and Greta is the perfect voice and director, in my opinion, to say it's gray. It's it's it can be anything. Ken can wear it, and so can Barbie. Just because a Ken is wearing pink in this movie does not mean that he's gay. Does not mean that he's straight. It doesn't mean any of that. It's just pink indicates the world that they're from. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's like you're one or the other. And I think that that is also another theme that's running through the whole movie. So every theme, whether it's a woman's theme and the cognitive dissonance they have to deal with. Men have their own cognitive dissonance. So when she's speaking about having to look like you have money, but not also look like money, the reality is I can relate to that as well. I know what it's like to be an emotional person. There's a line where he's laying on his bed and she's like, are you okay, Ken? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she's like, it's okay to cry. It's actually amazing. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a self-aware man. I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not lacking confidence about crying. I, I'm not worried about crying. And I like lines like that because they, they note toward... The movie being directed toward humans, just people in general. And I, and I appreciate every single piece of the movie that has that kind of a vibe. While we're discussing who this movie might be made for, I want to tackle this idea that I really believe this movie might be specifically aimed towards people between 16 and like 25. Like... I think that age range is like the prime target audience for this movie. So people that are younger than 16, yeah, they can watch it and they could understand it. But could they appreciate some of the themes that are going on here without the experience of life, the experience of dealing with parents after puberty, kind of things like that. And then people that are older than 25, similar to like America's character, they're also going to get a bunch from it. But I think that 16 to 25 is like prime age for this movie to go in, take something away from it so that you can change some aspects about the way you move forward also. I, I agree. I think that if I had watched it when I was 13, I definitely wouldn't have gotten it. It would have been a lot more boring to me. Uh, I think another thing that adds to it is that I ha also have an older sister who's 23. So I've seen her go through things and I've seen like the way that she... <clears throat> educates me about things as well as my mom as well. Uh, I think that I'd have watched it at a younger age. I would have definitely not gotten it. I probably would have loved it because everything's pink and it's Barbie. And like my thing when I was little is that I loved that the Barbies were whatever they wanted to be, veterinarians, doctors, um, <clears throat> anything they wanted to be. I, I loved that. But I think that it definitely is like a family movie. But I think that at my age, it's kind of the real America is kind of more in like your face like the realities of certain things are more in your face as well. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the contradictarian in this conversation and I'll argue that, um, you, you know, like I don't, my wife and I were talking about this today. I don't necessarily know if I would go out of my way to show this movie to my daughter before the age of 16, like you're saying, but as much as like, I, in the Stella, we're talking about you a lot in this episode. So hopefully you're actually listening to this, but like, there is a notion, regardless of how young you may be, that I think is really important in the theme between the mom and the daughter. And it happens when they're driving back after Alan has beaten all these guys behinds. 
she looks, she looks at her mom and she's like, mom, you are weird and you are crazy. And that's who you are. Like rock that. And the mom's like, I am weird. I am crazy. I should rock that. And I, I love that piece because more than the fact that you used to be a kid like me, you used to go through things like me, here's a young woman that's able to speak into her mom's life by just seeing her. And that notion is another piece that's throughout the whole movie. It's like being seen, being appreciated, not being taken for granted. We know there's a gap between the mom and the daughter throughout the whole movie. And the thing that bridges them is just a level of realness. And the mom was living in a Barbie mindset while, while she, she thought she needed to live perfectly and move a specific way. And it's so interesting how they have that holes, those holes be popped. You know, her, her desire for something real is what creates the portal that sends something fake into the real world in the form of Barbie that she then meets. And then Barbie leads her toward realness. It's just a very interesting concept. And I love that moment. So Stella, if you're listening, what you can take from this movie, if you haven't, is just be real. Anybody who watches this movie, no matter how young you are, I think relationship, authenticity, growth, development, and what it looks like for yourself in your relationships, it, it requires a level of authenticity, just being honest, being true, and being um, taking ownership of just who you are and being okay with that. Um, I loved that scene, and I love what they did between them two in that theme. Yeah, I'm not saying that like there aren't any themes for people that are Stella's age or anything like that but as you move forward the appreciation of certain themes in the movie changes your perspective changes and then the way you can change your own behavior based on what you see in the movie also changes so the openness to all of that i feel like really does unlock after you've been a few years deep into your teenage years but um what's next we haven't even talked about patriarchy and that's like a very major piece theme wise i want to know what you guys thought about patriarchy jada you said oh uh, i wish it was a woman movie and i wish it didn't have much ken but guess what the 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 backdrop of patriarchy is what makes barbie and her plight so interesting so what's up with that what do you think about the patriarchy piece what do you think about the way that they made note of that when they went to the real world it's scary to think that like that's how like the real life and like real world is. And <clears throat> I think I noticed it at like the end of the movie when America's character introduces like ordinary Barbie to like the Mattel guys and how they're like, oh, that would never work. And then one of them goes, we just sold like 50 of them. And he's like, oh, never mind, it'll work. I just think that that's kind of, I think it was definitely necessary to like see. And I think that was definitely part of like the theme, the plot and all that stuff. But it's definitely like, it hurt to watch. That made me kind of emotional. Yeah, I mean, it is sad that women in our society need to go through this. And so like something that I'm going to speak about are, you know, these dudes online who are complaining about the movie saying that they felt uncomfortable because men were being represented the way that they were in the movie. Well, guess what? Good. You should feel uncomfortable about it because even if it's not you, it's a lot of people around you. And things are not said to stop it. Things are not done. And if it's uncomfortable for you to watch in an hour and 50 minute movie, how do you think it is for women who go through it on the daily? Like women that experience the negative side effects of the patriarchy on the daily. You think you think they feel good? No. So your uncomfortability, your discomfort, turn that into something else. Let this movie, instead of making you feel weird about it, be open to it. Feel it. 
change the way you interact with other people because of it, because it's real. Like that uncomfortability that you have inside of you, let that be fuel to change the way things are instead of you seeing it as the movie hates men. Like, come on now. If it does make someone or anyone uncomfortable, it should for one. And I think for two, it's not, it can be a family movie definitely, but I think that also plays into why it isn't because as Stella, you're, you're like the, you're the star of this one, babe. Anyways, I think that since she's like 13, I, when I was 13, I didn't have the reality of like this patriarchy and how like men, how men are so disrespectful to women. And I pray and I hope that she never has to deal with that, even though I know she will. So then now that I'm older and I've, um, you know, I've moved states, went to different schools, had to deal with different people, all of that stuff. I think that I have a better understanding of that. And I have more examples of it, even in like the own classroom with a teacher that disrespected me and like just things like that. I think that this movie does a service to younger minds, whether it's a young woman or a young man by putting this notion in their brain. I don't think it's a bad thing. So that's why I don't like the people online that are talking about this is a strictly feminist movie that's making men look like crap. No, it's like it's making men take uh, take responsibility, take ownership the same way women have to take responsibility and take ownership of certain things in their lives are the same way that we do. We all do as people. And I, and I, I think that you're, it might be a hefty concept to carry at a young age, but it isn't hefty if you're willing to have those conversations with your mom, with your dad, with your people who are supposed to help you understand those things. It gives you a leg up so that there isn't this situation where you're the 16-year-old daughter who hates her mom because she feels like she can't be real with her. So she comes to these conclusions and her dark-ass hoodie with the rest of her friends being nasty AF. Like It doesn't have to be like that. That doesn't have to be it. It's also important to make note, though, like to the adults, like don't expect that all this pressure be on these teenagers. Don't let your kids or your nephews, nieces, grandchildren or family friends, children say that they need to make the first move. You are the adult. You are the person who have been through these things. So you should have somewhat of an understanding of where these kids are during the time of their life, right? So instead of expecting that they'll just come to you whenever they want to talk, you need to approach them appropriately because some people do it too much. Some people don't do it enough. Some people are too forceful. You need to do it appropriately. Open a dialogue. Let's discuss what you're going through so that we can we can change it or so that I can understand you better, right? Because you know that teenagers, they probably just going to be nasty or they're going to feel judged whenever they open their mouth and they're not going to want to speak to you. So your behavior around your teenager or around anybody's teenager will affect the way they perceive you and how they might be able to come to you with some of these things. So if they don't feel comfortable coming to you with some of these things, they're going to go and find it somewhere else. And the way the world is, it's going to push them in a certain way, in a certain narrative, because there's a lot of just terrible things online that will influence them before you ever even realize. Right. The internet, the internet is filled with a bunch of bad takes. The internet is filled with a bunch of, this is what this meant in this movie. And your kids are laying in their beds on their tablets and phones, looking for these videos, scrolling through social media and gaining a conclusion that the world often is telling them. Why not play a role in helping them come to a conclusion by giving them authenticity, just giving them the honesty of what you've gone through. I, everybody has their own discretion on when they feel a conversation like this is necessary. 
I'm just saying that 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 extra step piece that Willie said is money. Like, it's just like, you need to take the extra step because I promise you the world is stepping to the kids. I promise you. That's what this movie also is talking about. So now we're going to move on to the acting in the movie. So I'm just going to name some actors. We're going to briefly discuss what we thought of them and their role in this movie. And if if I miss an actor, please bring them up. So I want to start with Robbie, you know, the star of the movie. Nah, Margot killed this film, right, Jada? I I agree. And the funny part is that she wasn't even supposed to be cast for the role. Yeah. I think that was definitely the cool part. Yeah, nah, she definitely did great, you know, enough to silence a lot of them haters like uh, like Ivy. Uh, Up next, we got Ryan Gosling, who I think also might have silenced some of the haters too. I love them in this movie. I wasn't... I wasn't too excited about that. And I told you that when I saw the trailer, I said, I'm not, <clears throat> it's going to be bad. I don't, I don't think he's attractive. I've only seen him in like maybe one other movie, not even the notebook, like one other movie that he did. But I thought he was pretty good. I thought he portrayed Ken pretty well. I think by the ending, I was sold that he should have definitely been that character when it came to like the vulnerability scene and how Barbie said that you shouldn't find your identity in anyone else but yourself. I think that was definitely the selling point for me. Off this movie being a phenomenon, Ryan Gosling will get nominated for supporting actor, best supporting actor, for sure. I mean, I said it earlier. I agree. If you look at Ryan Gosling's career, he likes to do weird and unique roles, that things that kind of put him outside of his comfort zone. That's kind of all of the movies he's done in the last 10 years. And and I, I think this was a really... Um, it was a good one, man. It's another one for the books for my boy. You know, we mentioned her name a little too much in this episode, but Stella was hating on Ken. He, she was like, he was just ugly and he looked fake and he didn't do a good job and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, whatever. But up next, we're going to talk about Will Ferrell, even though, you know, he ain't even in the movie that long. He definitely was not like the focal point at all. He was just kind of there a little bit. But I mean, like, who doesn't love Will Ferrell? So I think <laughs> he definitely was just like a little extra of the cast, but who doesn't love him so there are there are some moments where i actually laughed out loud and it was because of ryan and will they made me laugh the most all right up next we got michael sarah i think he was great i love that scene where he tries to jump over the fence and they're like just just go around alan just walk around the fence and i was just dead i thought that was mad funny uh michael sarah is so good at playing awkward characters he's just such an he kills those roles, so they that's well casted. Casting director, you get a cookie. Good job. I liked him as Alan a lot. I think he, <laughs> I, I, it's funny how he kept saying, I'm not Ken's, I'm his buddy. I'm not his friend, I'm his buddy. I think that was like hilarious. And I loved him in the scene where when the Barbies finally get Barbie Land back, he's like standing there with all of them and they're all like jumping up and down and cheering and he's just kind of like standing there kind of awkwardly. He's like, yay. <laughs> I just think that he was definitely like the common denominator between the Kens and the Barbies. Well, up next, we got Issa Rae. Now, I can say I don't think I've ever seen her in anything other than this. And after watching her performance in this, I want to go find other movies that she's been in and check them out. Like, I was I was really enjoying her time whenever she was around. She's brilliant, man. She's honestly one of the top 10 in this point in time comedic writers that we have for television at the moment her, her name is very well known and i think that she's so good at delivery every single one of the the lines that she delivered and we disinfected every single one of these houses 
that joint had me sent through the roof. I was like, yo, that was mad funny, bro. She's great at deadpan, dry humor, very real humor. Um, great casting for her. I really liked her character and I think that she played it so well when it comes to like her receiving the award and she's like, oh yeah, I can be emotional, but I can like still be on top. Like, <laughs> I think that that was definitely so cool. And I love like her when she does press for the movie and she talks about it. I just, I love hearing about like her perspective and everything. And I just love that she was like president Barbie. Cause we've never had, I've never seen, and there's never been like a woman president before. So I just think that's really cool. And especially since she's black, like slay. I just think that that's like amazing. And her outfits are incredible. And I love how she's wearing like a big dress. And I had watched like an episode and they were doing press. And she had said that Greta asked her what she would wear as if she were president. And she said, I would wear a ball gown. And so that's what they put her in. And it was hot pink and it was amazing. And it was great. So I just, I loved her character and I love what she added to the film. She was, she was fun. She was fun. I, I hope to see more of her wherever I go find it. But up next, we got Kate McKinnon as Weird Barbie which I loved. Perfect casting, in my opinion. She's hilarious. When she does press for the movie, she's absolutely hilarious. They were doing uh, the who are you most likely to be like, and she got Alan, and she was like, I'm effing Alan, slay. I, she's like, I am. And then Margot Robbie's like, yeah, you are. She's like, yeah, I am. What I loved about her character, and I think it wouldn't have been possible without Kate being a freaking hilarious weirdo, great with pacing, great with interactions with other cast members, is like Weird Barbie didn't need this revolution to occur in order for her to know herself. Like she had her identity locked in even when they were making fun of her because guess who they went to when they needed to be fixed? It was Weird Barbie. So she'd already taken the ownership, you know? So she played that to a T and I felt that from her in every moment. She was badass. Uh, she just, she she was great. I loved Kate McKinnon in this one. I agree. I think that when she, when at the end of when the Barbies are like apologizing to her for saying that she's weird and she's like, no, no, I know you said it to my face and I know that you say it to other people, but like, I'm good. <laughs> like, I just love that. I love that authenticity. I love that realness. And I, I wish that I had that as like, a 17 year old girl, I wish I had that. But I just think that that's like hilarious to me and so funny because she's like weird. Everyone thinks she's like so weird, but to the people that are actually watching it, like I had a weird Barbie and I loved her and I played with her all the time. So I just think that her character was definitely necessary. And I think that I want to see more stuff with her in it. All right. Well, up next, we have America Ferreira. Queen. I love her. She ate, she slayed. Um, I think that she she was very monumental for this movie. She was definitely a necessity. Uh, she does. I, is she a Barbie doll? I think she should be if she's not. If they're making a Barbie doll for her, they should. I think they are. Yeah, you can't cheer and not buy it. I liked America. I liked America. Um, I'm not saying she was my favorite, though. She was good, though. All right. Well, you know what? The last person I really feel compelled to bring up is uh, Kingsley Benadir. Because I spoke about him during our Secret Invasion episode of Kazawap. And yeah, he did good. So that just makes me feel some type of way about Secret Invasion even more. Because even in his little moments in this movie being like Ken's little backup dude, I, I enjoyed him. So I, I guess, you know, sorry that you had to be on Secret Invasion or, or I don't know. But any, any other actors? It's a good point. I like seeing Alexandra Ship. Um, in case you don't remember her, she's the uh, the one that's the doctor. Um, she was in 
X-Men Apocalypse and the movie that like really I connected with her on was um uh, Deadpool. She's the girl from, she's from Deadpool. Deadpool 2. So seeing her was dope. Uh she's also in like a lot of rom-coms. So to see her in this movie, it was just dope to see her play a person of like power, smart significance because again, I think she often gets casted into like a stereotypical role. That's what's cool about this movie too. I feel like a lot of these castings allowed actors and actresses to play a role outside of how they are typecasted sometimes. And I think that was also dope. Great decisions by the casting director. Love how that all landed. I think another thing cool about casting was, I think her name is like Emerald Fennel, I think it is. And she plays Midge. I don't know if y'all know like who Midge is, but she was in like Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse and she's like black and white in the in the show because she's like old and she's um, discontinued. And so she she's like pregnant and she plays a pregnant doll. And so the doll was actually discontinued because they thought it was like uh, portraying like teen pregnancy and trying to like play into that but I think that her role is like really funny and um <clears throat> I think that she did great with what she was given honestly I did not know that um uh, but I just have something that I feel like I need to say on record uh Mattel and the movie companies out there don't get the wrong idea from the success of this movie cracking over a billion dollars we don't want to see millions of Mattel product movies we don't want to see movies about every doll or game out there we don't we want to see directors given the creative freedom to do the movies that they want to do and we want to see women in the field more being allowed to tell the stories that they want to tell so don't think that because you make it a movie about uno that is going to be a million dollar movie even though uno is a banger but as we're closing out what do we give this movie on a number scale rating, guys? I think I'm landing on an 8 on my first watch, but I definitely need another watch through, I feel. But 8 is where I think I'm landing. I think that it was a definite, like, 9. Because I loved how, like, Barbie Land was already created. Like, they didn't create Barbie Land for this movie. Like, Barbie Land has been there, like, from every movie ever since, like, 2006 when they came out with the Barbie Charm Bracelet movie. And then it just, like, went from their Princess and the Pop or the Pop Star, like, everything. And then Barbie Life in the Dreamhouse, they incorporated, like, those characters and those, like, um, like, you have Midge and you have Alan and you have... Uh, what her, her sister's name what's it like skipper and her house like i've had i've had that and i i play with those dolls i think that they did a great job just like paying attention to just little details like that and like the colors and the pink and the dolls and how she doesn't slide down the side and get in her car like she floats down because like they i think that just the attention to detail just made it like 10 times better and i i know that they put like so much work into this and i think that's like the best part of it mm word i feel that i would say uh i'd give it like a 7.5 or an 8 somewhere between there maybe like a 7.7 .7. um and i think the last thing i would say is this listen if you're an asshole that's listening to this podcast right now and you think this movie should be canceled and it's just strictly about feminism and the fact that like men should be torn down and all that i think you're an idiot and you didn't actually watch the movie properly and i highly recommend you go back as uncomfortable as it may be and you watch it again because if you actually watch it with an open mind and you see it and not take total offense, but instead try to understand what's getting across the page, there are some 
very important things being spoken about in this movie. Well, you know, for the haters out there, keep hating because this movie, this 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 was something right here, man. Uh, go find your own movie or search inside yourself and feel why you feel the way you do about the movie. Too much feminism and hating on men. Why do you feel that way? Because it's interesting, but... Uh, you know, Jada has her own podcast. It's called Conquer. If you guys want to look into it, Jada Velez on like Spotify. So it's a it's a it's a fun podcast. You got any you got anything new coming out, Jada? I I am actually. I'm gonna I'm posting an episode with my best friend Francesca, and I'm gonna be asking her a crap ton of questions about breakups and relationships in high school. So, girl, you better keep doing your thing. Uh, some would say Kuzawab wouldn't exist if we didn't see you going after it. So we're grateful for you. Some might say that, but I don't know if I would. Mm, I, I was the, I'm the OG though. That's the thing. That's what you have to say. On a, on a track, we're lapping you right now though. I don't know what you're talking about. Anywho, we thank you so much for listening to another episode of Kuzawap. Uh, coming up for the rest of the year, we have so much planned. So make sure you follow us and are subscribed to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and we thank you again for listening to another episode of Kuzawap, where you'll always find two cousins, one podcast, and endless entertainment. Peace. <laughs>